Okay, that's recording. Let's get this recording. Alright, we're recording on all cylinders. What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome to Panic Attack with Big John. Remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, all of those things that help me grow my channel and podcast. Like, share, comment, subscribe. I got them all. So... Follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. And let's take a look and talk about the midterm elections. I'm going to play a four-minute audio clip uh, that kind of sums up some things, I think. Republicans were supposed to win this outright in a red tsunami. And now it's looking like we're going to take the House of Representatives by a few seats, and then the Senate maybe will keep 50-50, maybe we'll get to 52-48 Republican, but we'll get into all that and the strategy to win. So let's listen to this while I fire one up. Good morning. This is 91.7 WVXU. I'm Marianne Zalesnik. A few weeks ago, most political observers in Ohio and in Washington were working under the assumption Ohio's U.S. Senate contest between Republican J.D. Vance and Democrat Tim Ryan would be an easy win for Vance, given the fact that Donald Trump won Ohio in the last two presidential elections. And Vance had Trump's endorsement in the May GOP primary. Now, though, political observers and party strategists on both sides are picking up signs this race may well be a toss-up. It matters because the Republican Party is determined to win back control of the Senate, which for the past two years has been split 50-50, with Vice President Harris casting the deciding vote. Every Senate race in every state is important, particularly in Ohio, where it's an open seat. Howard Wilkinson is WVXU's senior political analyst and is among those who think Vance versus Ryan is a race very much up in the air. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. So why do you think the race is now a toss-up? Well, one of Vance's problems all along has been he hasn't raised much money since a very expensive May primary election, and he's been kind of hard to find on the campaign trail in the months since then. Ryan's raised uh, seven times as much money, has been crisscrossing Ohio on a daily basis, you know, driving up his name recognition outside of his Mahoning Valley uh, congressional district. And the independent polling in August shows Vance with a modest lead of three to five percentage points. But I've been told of internal polling in that race that has Ryan in the lead. So Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader and a Kentuckian, has waded into the race in a big way. Tell us what he said. Yes, indeed, he has. I mean, there's nobody in the Republican Party who has more at stake than McConnell, who wants to become the majority leader again. And he sees very little margin for error in the Senate contest. A week ago, he made headlines speaking to a uh, Republican gathering in Erlanger, where he suggested the party's chances of winning back the House were much better than the chances of winning control of the Senate. And he questioned the quality of some of the candidates running as Republicans for the Senate, and without naming names. Now, about the same time, the Senate Leadership Fund, a super PAC that McConnell has a lot of say in, announced it was sinking uh, $28 million into TV and radio ads backing Vance in Ohio. And there are only two states where super PAC, this super PAC has committed more money, Pennsylvania and Georgia. But to go from zero dollars 
to 28 million overnight tells me that McConnell and the, and the national GOP is worried about Vance. Where do you think that $28 million figure comes from? What will that money be used for? Well, $28 million is a lot of money, and it may be a sign of two factors uh, beyond Vance's problems. Uh, Ohio's broadcast advertising is very expensive, and any campaign that wants to have statewide impact is going to have to reserve time in eight different media markets to cover the entire state. Most states have no more than one or two media markets, but Ohio has eight. The number $28 million also shows just how expensive a proposition will be for the Senate Leadership Fund to drive down any negative public perceptions about Vance. But it's possible that Vance could get his ship righted on his own or benefit from the early ads that start after Labor Day and his poll numbers start to head up. Uh, this TV and radio airtime is just reserved. It's a pay-as-you-go system. And if McConnell decides in mid-October that Vance is on a roll and it looks like he's going to win, they might just cancel that ad time and move on to something else. And that's why Mitch McConnell is going to be studying the polls in Ohio very closely over the next six weeks or so. Howard, thank you so much. So here's a couple problems already. All right, so Mitch McConnell, who's in charge of the Senate Super PAC, as they call it, doesn't have a plan. Leader McCarthy over in the House, who wants to be Speaker McCarthy, doesn't have a plan. Early on, when things were trending hard towards Republicans, they needed to come up with a unifying plan for what's ahead. What are we going to do? How are we going to lead when you give us back control of the House and the Senate? We'll get to that a little later. One question always has been, is Mitch McConnell afraid of the MAGA candidates? And both he and McCarthy have wavered much on support of Donald Trump. Let's just face it. And when McConnell says uh, it's a weak field of candidates, he's referring to the people Trump endorsed because they're not his candidates. And he thinks he's the only thing on the planet as far as Republicans go. Also, McConnell and McCarthy, excuse me a second, <laughs> well, uh, from what I've heard, listen too much to the consultant class. A lot of Republicans listen too much to the consultant class, the sniveling sneaks, as I call them. They want to say, just run on, hey, we're not Joe Biden. Hey, we're not Democrats. That's how you win. That's just attack, attack, attack. Now, negative campaigning works or else people wouldn't do it. But it only works for so long. At some point, you have to come up with a positive message. 
a contract with America, a commitment, something where you symbolically put it down on paper, literally and symbolically. I know it doesn't make sense, but hear me out. When Newt Gingrich and the Republicans took the House of Representatives for the first time in 40 years, it took about 20 years to build to that moment in 1994. But they put on paper, in writing, a contract with America. And every Republican candidate for the House of Representatives had to sign on to this and say, this is what we're going to do for America. Right now, Republicans are mostly complaining, saying, well, they shouldn't do this and they shouldn't do that. Well, what should we be doing? What should we work on? Okay? So this is a positive message that will resonate with Americans. Talk about energy independence. Examples, lower gasoline prices, lower electricity prices, lower winter heating bills. That's what resonates with common people. That's one thing. Border and neighborhood security. They're one in the same. Crime, violent crime, illegal immigration, illegal aliens, drugs, terrorists coming across the southern border and filtering out into the rest of America. Border and neighborhood security. But present it in a positive light. We don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic. We want to make your neighborhood safer. Of course, stopping inflation. Well, how are you going to do that? Come to point number four. Stop wasteful spending. Stop funding a proxy war in Ukraine flat out. Student loan debt. Explain to the American people the billions of dollars that this program Biden is proposing will cost. Because you're really paying the debt for a small, or not paying the debt, you're relieving $10,000 of debt for a very small fraction of people there's about 80% of the country that does not have student loan debt. That 80% can get you a lot of votes. Then you have to go to the campaign. You have to go all the way through election day till the polls close in every race in every state. In 2000 and 2004, it was called the Carl Rove 72-hour plan. For us, where I was, it was more like a 94-hour plan. 96-hour plan. I lost two hours. But starting the weekend before the election, targeted door-to-door. Target Republican voters. 
Start with your R1s and work your way down. The R1s are the people that vote Republican every time. But you got to make sure they're out there this year. There's going to be a lot of Democrat and liberal media discouraging them to go out and vote. Get out the vote. Targeted door-to-door. Targeted phone banking. Targeted, now it's texting, really. I, somehow, because I vote a lot, now I'm getting a lot of text message votes, mostly asking me to <laughs> donate. But targeted phone calls or text, whatever medium you're using to get out your vote. This is important for people like Marco Rubio that find themselves in a heated race. J.D. Vance, who I've heard is going to be winning by 9%, but that was a month ago. Who knows? Uh, Target, target, target. Then you can't stop. You've got to be out there on election day. Volunteers, the phone bankers, the texters, the emailers, the instant messengers. We have to be on our toes on election day, knocking on doors. That's the best way. Getting people out to vote. Hey, you're a Republican. Did you go out and vote today? Uh, not, not yet. Well, okay. You know, can you guarantee? Promise me you'll go vote later today. Okay, okay. Take that information back to the central campaign headquarters and follow that up with a phone call later in the day. This is what we did in 2004 to get Bush over that hump, and it worked. It can work again. I know the Republican Party a few years ago, they came up with something called Red Roots Campaign. I don't know what the hell that is, and I don't know how effective it is, but I know what we did, and it was hard as hell to get George W. reelected. I wasn't even for W. in 2004 till about June or July. Then I got pissed off over the acorn stuff and said, damn it, we got to get this guy in there. And then I started listening to... Well, it was only Fox News back then. We didn't have the internet and social media like we... Well, we had the internet, but we didn't have the social media, which is being censored now. Uh, the deplatforming of anybody that's remotely conservative and Republican-leaning is getting hit. Crowder got it. Uh, some guy named Tate got it. But anyways, that's not important. What's important? This message... Energy independence, stop inflation, neighborhood and border security, stop wasteful spending, get the economy rolling again, then target, 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 get your base out there and get them voting. Obama stole this from us in 2008 and 2012. And until the freest, fairest election in history, (laughs) in 2020, he had the most votes of any president ever. Now, of course, Biden blew that away with a supposed 81 million voters. 
and Trump blew that away with 75 million votes. So the campaign's going to come down to who gets their base out. Now, I'm glad the GOP Senate is putting money into Pennsylvania and Georgia as well as Ohio. I think Mamet Oz, I think Herschel Walker, I think J.D. Vance are good candidates. They're good people. Myra Flores, Monica De La Cruz, Ted Cruz. Well, I'm not worried about Ted Cruz as much right now. Marco Rubio. These are all people we need in the Congress and in, and in the Senate. Okay? Sarah Palin, I don't like her. She's goofy. We need her. We need every Republican seat we can pick up. And we're a week away from Labor Day when people are really going to start paying attention. They've actually, The American voter has had a longer attention span this election than any election period in history. But now we got to ramp it up and get the message out. Energy independence, border and neighborhood security, stop inflation, stop wasteful spending. All that will get our economy going again. Target, target, target your base. Get your base out there, Republicans. All right, that's the end. God bless you guys. Have a good day, good evening, good Easter, Hanukkah. Kwanzaa, Baklava, Happy Bar Mitzvah, whatever you're doing right now, enjoy it, love on somebody and be the reason somebody feels love today and pray for each other. I'm out of here.